Thanks to Audible for supporting PC Perspective. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash PCPer or text PCPer to 500-500. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective podcast. This is episode 494 being recorded on April the 4th, 2018. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Malentano, and are we doing him? Those other two guys. Those other two guys over there. And uh, we're all shocked to see Ryan tonight. Yeah, but didn't you guys have me, if you didn't watch the live stream, wasn't my face in an ad last week? Oh. Or was that the week before? Mm-hmm. Not last week. We, we didn't have an ad last, last week. week. We didn't have an ad last week? You're all fired. Thank God. In any event, welcome to the show. Uh, we talk about PC hardware. PCPer.com is the home base of... The stuff that we talk about for the majority of the time. Um, you can watch us stream the show live on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. If you need a little reminder for that, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe right now or anytime for that matter and fill out this form. Asks for your name, your email address. Look at that. It even scrolls. I was just checking. Uh, and uh, we'll send you a notification when we're going to do a live stream of some kind, whether it be this or something else or something else. That's all I got. Of course, we still have our Patreon campaign running. That is at patreon.com slash PCPer. This is your way to become a direct monthly contributor to the website. It could be a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty, uh, you know, fifty, a hundred, a thousand, whatever you want it to be. Uh, and basically, if you run an ad blocker or if you just think you like the content that you see from us, whether it be the mailbag or this podcast or reviews or stories, um, it's a way to say thanks. And we thank you for that, of course. Uh, and as we t- typically do during the podcast, if anybody becomes a new patron during the show, I will read out their name um, on the live stream. For example, uh, we have a new patron. For one dollar, so minimum the minimum entry I think is one dollar. Uh, from wait, Jim is real. I thought that was Josh with a wig. Just pledged one dollar. <laughs> Nicely done, Jim. So there you go. So, <laughs> Nicely uh, done, you know what the best Jim. thing about Patreon <laughs> is if if you're a believer in trickle down economics, your trickle down turns into my beer, and I'm not talking Coors Light. <laughs> talking natty daddy. Ice only for us. Thank you. Uh Uh, We also still have, oh, the Patreon does allow us to do uh, cool things like the mailbags, which Alan did last week's mailbag. And I guess somebody else is going to have to do this week's mailbag as well. I totally meant to record that today Mm. and did not, as it turned out. Should have, could have, would have. I guess that means that I'll be recording the mailbag. Yeah, we got to alternate. So. You can see another special guest. What do I call this, Alan? Behind you, I don't wall know. of shit. The wall, wall, of, wall shit. of shit. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. a bunch of crap. It's basically wallpaper. There is no wall. <laughs> there is no wall between that stuff and the. And and the that, have you seen my office of shit lately? Yeah, but I mean, if you look at yours, you can still see that it's a room. There is a wall behind wall. you. Like there's a piece of art yeah. behind you. You should just take yeah. a really high resolution photo of your shelves and then get wallpaper made, and you can put pack all the stuff away. That's true. That's... And think of how much more space you would yeah, have. Yeah, I'd have another like whole foot in that office. Mm-hmm. That's where so my wife stuff, stuff over. Cats. Don't you know that she's reviewed all these motherboards throughout <laughs> the years? I Wait, you review motherboards? I knew that. Uh, also, we still have our merch going as well. That is uh, bit.ly slash PC per merch. And you can buy T-shirts like Death Wish Raid or Hot Dog Down a Hallway or Super Pipe or a mug. 
Sweet, sweet lemonade. And you can't see it, Mug. but it's over here. It's the it's the PC per logo one. Uh, but obviously buying these T-shirts uh, helps support us as well. We've had many requests for, for this feature to be added. So there you go. All right. Let's – oh, we went out of order there. Oh, no. Well, they were out of order in the show notes, so I uh, blame – I'll take the blame on okay, it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the content. I think the first thing we're going to talk to uh, – talk – about is the Hades Canyon Nook, otherwise elegantly known as the Intel Nook 8i7 HVK, uh, which rolls right off the tongue, is, doesn't it? Yeah, it's way more interesting than the name would imply. Ken did this article for us. This is the first real hands-on with uh, a Cabby Lake G product. So this guy right here, this is an Intel Cabby Lake quad-core hyper-threaded processor on the right in that photo as you see it um, attached on the same substrate with a Vega uh, GPU and HBM2 memory. So this is Intel processor, AMD Radeon graphics. So pretty interesting product. And this is what it's contained inside. A not-so-mini Nook. Uh, It's still relatively small. It's very compact, very dense. But uh, I... They're getting larger, Ken. These these are getting larger. What what about as we look at the specs and pricing here? Kind of stands out to you, other than the sweet. Can I can I make the glowing eyes any other color than yeah. red? Yeah, all those all of the LEDs on the system are RGB. So there's the three nice. LEDs on the front, the power button, the two zones on the skull. So you have the eyes and the skull outline. You can change all independently or turn them off. Yeah, if you're boring, <laughs> losers. So skull trail just won't die, will it? No. No, that logo will live forever, probably. <laughs> forever, forever, forever. Uh, so what do you got for uh, specs-wise? Anything stand out? I got six display outputs. Wow. How could you possibly need six display outputs from Manuk? I don't know, but you got them. <laughs> two uh, Thunderbolt 3, two Mini Display Port 1.3, and two HDMI 2.0. Is that courtesy of the fact that we have, we have the Intel integrated graphics still on the, on the processor? Yeah. And then we have the discrete graphics on the thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. They say you can support five 4K displays at 60 and one at 30 at simultaneously. Nice. Nice. Just couldn't, there, just couldn't any... make it to six at 60, I guess. Oh. <laughs> is there any specific port that's like limited to 30 or anything? I don't think or, so. I think okay. it's just a bandwidth constraint when trying to use everything. Just the sheer bandwidth of yeah. all the things. <laughs> like, I mean, it's got... Because there's only a byte connection between the... Internally, between the CPU and GPU. So Correct. That is, might, is it... Is it passing the discrete back through? What's going on there? How is it? Oh, uh, are you limited to connected over PCI Express, like a GPU? Yeah, but are the display outputs connected to the GPU? Is it like half and half, or do we know? Like, are you limited to what connects where, and does like some ports only go to the discrete? I think it would have to be the case, right? Because I don't think the Intel Intel integrated graphics is going to support six displays, right? So you have to have – there's some that are going to either. I just didn't know if maybe the discrete thing all passed – everything passed through the Intel pipeline, so to speak, and then but could redispersed. But could it pass back through there if you still wanted to have six simultaneous with, displays? With this, with this GPU, maybe? Well, it's not it – It would be it, the bottleneck would be the Intel integrated graphics, yeah. right? So I doubt it. Two M.2 slots – SATA PCIe. There's a lot of stuff on here. Now, uh, $799 and $999 are the prices listed there. Those are bare-bones systems. That does not include memory or storage. Yes, includes Wi-Fi. It does include the mm-hmm. Wi-Fi card. Okay. So you've got to add uh, you know, 16 gigs of, of SODEM memory, right? Yeah. 
Um, you've got to add storage of some kind. You know, you want an M.2 PCIe drive for this. Probably is there is no two and a half inch. No, we can do M.2 SATA. Okay, that's an option. So, so and you can run one of each, or you could do yeah, two. Yeah, the the okay. way Intel provided these reviewers, they had a they had sixteen gigs of DDR4 thirty two hundred memory. Yeah, and they had a hundred eighteen gig Optane drive and a five hundred gigabyte Intel five forty five S SATA okay. SSD. They're kind of going with the dual Actually, boot. They had the, they had the OS on the Optane drive, of course. Of course. And then they were having, like, just had the uh, SATA SSD available for, yeah. I put games on it, naturally. Sure. Kind that of other, weird, that other port do will do, also do PCIe, right? Like yeah. Both, okay. They'll both do PCIe, yeah. They'll both do either. Yeah. Okay. And you can, get, you can kind of get a sense of scale of the device itself when you look at the USB ports, right? Um, was it heavy? Was it? It, I mean, it's pretty dense. Uh, I mean, he's sitting on a desk. It's not like yeah, I mean, it matters, but I'm just curious. Part of Intel's spiel about this at the editor's cool. day was you can kind of, like, if you need to, you can bring it. So if you were using this for productivity stuff at work, perchance, and you needed to bring it home as opposed to a desktop, you could throw it in a bag. Or if you're going to a land party, it'd be a pretty decent option for that. Yeah. So, it like, it's not heavy. It's not... Small, it's just, it's just per a, se, it's just but a dense it is little thing. portable, quote unquote. It doesn't have a battery. I mean, if you look at that that bottom shot that I'm showing, you've got HDMI, four USB, two Ethernet, two Thunderbolt, two wait, two Mini DP, two Thunderbolt three power, and then is that a uh, Jesus? Is that a Kensington lock port? Of on course, the far, no. <laughs> far left. No, it's optical audio. Just, yeah. Oh, optical audio. Oh, okay, come I mean, on. wait, it's all is the there way a, across there? Is there no Kensington lock port on this? No, there isn't actually. Really? Well, Finally, somebody has threw in the towel on that, huh? <laughs> How big is the power brick? Uh, 230 watts. How big is it physically? 230 watts. <laughs> <laughs> it's big. It's, it's the normal size of a gaming Is it the size of the Nook? Uh, it's does, a little smaller. Does than the, the power Nook. brick have the Kensington lock on? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, any any headaches in terms of getting inside of it or uh, it, it, you know, attaching the device, attaching the the hardware you need to? It's kind of oddly deceiving for the Nooks. If you scroll back up, you can see on the very top. There's scroll up. Oh, there's yeah. the there's the top plate with the six T5 screws. You take that off, and then you're greeted. You might expect to actually be able to access the RAM and the SSD at that point, but since they have that. LED panel on the top, mm-hmm. you agree with EF shielding, and you have to kind of hunt to find the three screws to take out there, and then you can pull that out. But keep in mind, it's connected by a ribbon cable because it has to get power to the LEDs, right. so yeah, don't yeah. don't flux that too much, yeah. and then you can get access to the machine. Got it. So not not the worst thing in the world, but not necessarily friendly for a bare-bones kit. Everything accessed here on this one side, though, you don't have to go any further in de- uh, deconstruction. Yeah, I, I thought about going further, but... It, was a mess. I understand. Just look at the sheer rows of ports. <laughs> like you just—it's all I O. I mean, just all the whole way across there. <laughs> it's like how dense? There. How dense can we make this thing? All right, so let's get to the important part here. Uh, how did hey, it could perform? You, could you go back in a second? I could. How many? How many? Uh, two NVMe. Yeah, or just one up and one NVMe. No, two M.2 slots, uh, both supporting Aww. PCIe or SATA. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, when you got this much space, <laughs> you know, you can only do so much. You got to do whatever you can. Um, so, what about performance? What are we looking at? CPU performance first. Um, expect it. it looks a little bit better than than maybe we thought it would be. 
Yeah, so it, it essentially had a substantial lead over the 8th gen quad core parts, which we kind of expected because this is technically, I guess, an 8 series part. It's more in the 35 to 45 TDP range. Yeah. Uh, if you keep going, Cinnamon didn't quite show it, but most of the tests show it fairly competitive with the desktop i5-8400, which is surprising. Yeah. So if we look here in Geekbench... It's another synthetic. Synthetic. It's not necessarily the best, but if we look at like hand coding, hand breaking coding, hand coding, hand, coding. hand, and hand coding. coding, artisanal <laughs> hand artisanal coding, hand coding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. You can see it's actually really competitive with the desktop part. Yeah, and interesting. Beats the Ryzen five twenty four hundred G APU part pretty handily. In yeah. Some of those tests. And then I think one of the more interesting parts is obviously the graphics side because this is the first time we've seen this this Vega implementation. Um, and like here's, you know, 3D Mark Fire Strike synthetic test, but interesting to look at. The blue bar is the 8809G. That is the Cabby Lake G part. Catchy product name. It is. Just roll 8809. Scroll, scroll down a little bit, would you? Just a small amount. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you thank go. you. Oh, thank the Lord. Uh, the gray bar being a, a desktop Core i5 part with uh, a desktop RX 560, and then the orange bar is the desktop Core i5 with the 1050 Ti. You can see. In the graphics test, it blows it away, right? Like both of the both yeah. of those platforms. So ten thousand two hundred mm-hmm. versus seventy seven hundred, seventy two hundred. Um, yeah, I mean overall, I'd call the graphics performance similar to ten fifty Ti on the desktop, and probably similar. Like ten fifty Ti is also a mobile part, so you'd expect similar performance to that if you're kind of price comparison yeah. shopping so laptops. I mean, borderline you- VR. You could do VR. Like very boring line, yeah. but yeah, it depends. Yeah. Interesting. Depends on the VR. They definitely right. advertise it for VR, but yeah, yeah. I it's mean, not. And, and it's important to look at the if you look at the actual games testing you did, and you did a bunch of new games: Far Cry Five, Shadow of War, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, the 8809G doesn't win, doesn't beat the 1050Ti in all of those instances anymore. Um, it, it's basically a little bit behind in GTA Five, a little bit behind in Civ Six, but it's which, right which are up the there more CPU bound games out yeah. of all. The ones mm. we've tested, which makes yeah. sense, but it's impressive to see this out of this compacted form factor, knowing that there is no, you know, technically it's discrete, but it's an integrated single package yep. device. Um, I, I find it to be incredibly compelling, and I think barring the pricing concerns, it would make a perfect machine for somebody like me personally who would take home, put, put hook up to a machine, uh, hook up to a monitor where I do mostly. You know, catching up on emails and stuff, but every once in a while I want to play PUBG or do something like that uh, would be great. Power consumption wise, you know, more than the 1050 Ti desktop. Which is pretty surprising. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. 140 watt Nook is quite substantial. Yeah. But the right. idle power gel really shows like how it's essentially how, a mobile processor. How was the noise with it? Did you notice any noise problems or was it obnoxious? It was quieter than I thought it would be. Yeah. It, it wasn't hairdryer loud. You, you could you could hear it, but if you were actually like, I mean, we benchmark games without any audio, so you can obviously hear stuff. But if right. you were actually paying attention to audio of the game, you wouldn't really be able to. hear I remember it. the first uh, bricks we had with the discrete oh, GPU. My that fan God. was awful. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that they didn't repeat that mistake. Pricing wise, um, you know, seven ninety nine and nine ninety nine. The difference being the the GPU wattage essentially. Is that right? Uh, it's shaders as well. So one is a 45 and one is a 65, oh no, 65 and a hundred. 
So it, there, are, there are two differences. There are the TDPs and then there are the the integrated GPUs. Right. So it's the the branding for this is very odd. It's the AMD Radeon RX Vega M GL and GH for graphics low and graphics high. Perfect GPUs. So the the lower end seven ninety nine SKU has the GL graphics, whereas the one we tested has the GH graphics. That being said, the GH graphics will only be available in this nook. No notebooks have been announced with it. It's a 100-watt part. So it's a little unfair if you're looking at the performance of this Nook towards how the XPS 15 211 or yeah. the uh, HP machine that have been announced and are launching currently will perform. Mm. I, I don't I don't expect that big of a performance deficit. We tested all of our games at 1080p at the highest settings. I think 1080p gaming on any of these parts would be great. Might have to adjust the quality settings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you might have to yeah. drop down a little bit to get where you want to be, but I think for the two hundred dollar price savings, it's a pretty compelling. Yeah. And and argument. if we look at pricing, the configuration that Intel shipped us our model at is a seventeen hundred dollar price tag. Yeah. Right? For the DDR four thirty two hundred memory, the Optane module, the five forty five S SSD, uh with Windows ten in there, seventeen hundred bucks is a lot of money for essentially a non-upgradable desktop PC, right? It's very compact. It has a whole lot of cool technology in it, a, cool, a lot of advantages in terms of form factor and size and stuff, but it is, it is pretty expensive. You, you kind of put together a more modest configuration with, I guess, the lower end. Um, no. Say, oh, the same 100-watt nook. Yeah. But uh, let's only see. A, only a SATA SSD, slower DDR4 memory. Yeah. Which shouldn't have much of an effect because... Yeah. Unlike other sort of APU solutions, this has built-in yeah. HBM2 memory, so you're not sharing system memory to the GPU. So slower memory isn't really going to be that much of a performance hit. Yep. Hey, so uh, chat question. Who handles the drivers for this? <laughs> That's so, a good question. Well, the, the answer is Intel distributes the drivers. Okay. Okay. Now, the... The, is it the AMD Radeon software package? It's the AMD package? Radeon software package that is being rescanned, and, and they made some adjustments, right, to, okay. to make it. And it's blue rather it's, than it's blue, red. It's blue instead of red. Okay. blue instead of red. Got it, yeah. Uh, it but there is still a dependency on Intel to follow up on that. And obviously that's something we have to track and, 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 and monitor Yeah. because, you know, they – they may get the the package from AMD the same day or the day before right. AMD releases it for their discrete parts, and then it has to be on Intel's team to take that, package it, redistribute it, and send it out. They might have to tweak something so it works properly with the rest of the. They might. They, I'm sure they have to do some stuff. Yeah. Um, because uh, a pretty good example of this was Far Cry Five, which came out Tuesday of last week, and this review went live on Thursday. So obviously that testing was done somewhere in between, mm-hmm. and AMD had drivers release, but. I'll, like you can give us some slack because this was a pre-production system, but Intel wasn't exactly emailing us updated drivers saying, like, "Oh, hey, if you're testing Far Cry, yeah. use these." Yeah, as we would expect from AMD. AMD or, or Nvidia. Nvidia would both do that. Yeah. And in fact, they did. Right? They're they're very much. A, oh, hey, this game's coming out tomorrow. Here's our driver. Uh, you know, we're prepared. Blah blah blah. Intel needs to get on that mindset. If they are already, they need to prove to people they're on that mindset. Especially when you're going to ask somebody to put. You know, twelve hundred, fifteen, seventeen hundred dollars of investment into that. Yeah. Really cool system, but now you're really getting before you know was, was it gaming? Kind of not really, um, but now it is. This is meant to be a gaming is, machine, right? so yeah. So uh, so they need so they need to prove that. I, I I'm really interested in this device. We're, we're doing some more stuff with it. One of the things I'm currently working on is sort of like my my roommate has a, an older gaming PC with like a seventy nine seventy and a thirty seven seventy in it. 
Yeah. Like, and I started to think, well, this would be a really good upgrade path for him because he only has a 1080p monitor that he uses and has an old desktop that's loud and annoys the shit out of me all the time. Got a rattling fan. So talk him into upgrading well, just, so your room's you quieter. I got these, it. So I think I'm going to do some comparison benchmarks, steal his system for a little bit, and kind of compare the two, see what it looks like. I want more of these chips out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do because they just kick ass. Apparently and they need they to do. be more in form factors. Yeah. And but I need to have it the in Dell. a laptop that I'm getting upgraded for my work computer <laughs> this well, spring. The, I mean, the Dell XPS 15 2-in-1 is shipping, I believe. And so it's the HP. Well, they, they're yep. shipping in like a week or two, I okay. think. They have, so they have a pretty long lead time. And I haven't seen one of those yet. And I've asked Intel for one. I've asked Dell for one. So we'll see what happens. Um, the Dell. I mean, keep in mind the Dell 15 and the, and the HP are both... They're even a lower TDP than they're the, these. They're, well, they're 65 watt. watt parts. TDP down to From 45. From what we've heard, Dell may be tuning theirs a little lower. They are tuning it to 45. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. the performance is going to be a little bit different, but how much so will be interesting. Um, if I can play World of Warships, hopefully my boss isn't listening to this, at work, <laughs> then it's going to be fantastic. I, I think you'll be able to get away with that. So, so uh, a graphics benchmark. I'm doing stability testing. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so check out that review, um, uh, the Hades Canyon Nook. I wish they would just use that brand, but it's just a code name. So, but we, we put it in the title of ours anyway, just, just because. Uh, before we get to our next review, we have some new Patreons. Uh, two of these are so similar that I'm guessing they're the same person, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, one of them is, so Alan told me I could put anything here. I wonder oh, if there, it stops at the eye. Just pledge $3. <laughs> Does it continue on the next one? No. Steve oh. Adele pledged $10 and one cent. So uh, thank you very much, Steve, for it's that. It's a palindrome of money. Uh, what? It's the same coming or going. Oh, yes. Palindrome. Okay. I was, I was trying to apply that to his name, and I was like, no, it's not. Okay, no, got it. No, it's 1001. Come uh, on. And then we have another $3 pledge that came in from, uh, quote, Alan told me I could put anything here. Is there a character limb? <laughs> and then it stopped. <laughs> so... You know, yes. Okay. The answer is yes. And apparently, based on his profile pic, that is the same person. So they decided to make the joke funnier the second time, I guess. So uh, thank you guys for that. Uh, real quick, we'll touch on uh, a couple of reviews that were posted up this week. One, Chris Christopher Koch posted a review of the Bloody Gaming B975 Optical Gaming Keyboard. Bloody is bloody. Uh, bloody. I see, yep. yep. See it? And, in, oh, and the logo yeah. is a bloody handprint. All right. No, they've been pretty good for the last couple of years. That's not blood. <laughs> not the right color. Well, you know, oh, okay. you know, it is what it well, is. What planet are you from? Come on. They're a relative newcomer in the world of PC gaming peripherals. They're apparently a subsidiary of A4 Tech, which I had also not really heard of. Uh, but they do control their own manufacturing, right? So a lot of the other keyboard guys that we talked about here probably don't have that capability. Um, so what's interesting here is the particular tech is a $150 keyboard, uh, but it is optical switches, not mechanical. And because of that, it is adjustable. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, the, what's the point of actuation mm-hmm. can be, can be uh, adjustable. Um, now there's still is it done to, through a lever? Well, it's optical. No. <laughs> It's all light oh, and mirrors. we talked to at that one point like a while back? I don't think so. I think no, this is, a, this is no, a different this wasn't those guys. Okay. Yeah, different, different group. tech. What was that? That's different tech. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was like linear, linear, ah, easy for me to say, linear switches. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it, but it still has to have an activation force. Otherwise, you know, so there's the supposed to be a spring yeah. in there for you to feel pressure back while you're typing. Right. Uh, but the idea is that it's modifiable and adjust, uh, can be okay. adjusted depending on what your, your personal preference are. So still standard 104 key keyboard. Um, Chris goes through a lot of, walks through a lot of the, the different capabilities and functions. You can have different color of your wrist rest. If you want interesting wrist, rest design there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Does it say what you can set the range of actuation point to um, like software adjustable? Yes. It should be able to be software. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you keep going down. I believe that they show there's, it in the software what, a, section. A look at what the actual, or yeah. what the yeah. the switch itself. So they look like, and mm, so this is their new one. Compatible stems, which would be nice. Mm. Yeah. What were you saying, so, Jeremy? The, this is their new one. I think it's their Light Strike Three, because uh, a couple reviewers for the first couple said, you know, the the tech is great, being able to adjust it is great, but they're wobbly because it's mm. not mechanical, so it doesn't have that that guide path, and so typing on them. Like it, it's not that it's wobbling left and right completely, but it feels sort of squishy and weird. Mm. So they put stabilizer bars on every single bloody key in this thing. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Which is really good up until they start squeaking. Yeah. And you have to start thinking about oiling them. But with this one, uh, from what I read in, in this, it was much better. Like he did not have that same sort of a, a feel. You can see a look at the, at the, at the bloody software mm. here. Uh, lots of support for macros, uh, a oh, lot wow. of programming capability as well. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, which I think Chris even touches on in the story is like some people may consider this like cheating or for gaming purposes. But hey, you know, everybody has access to this type of stuff. I'm sure this is not the only keyboard to offer pretty complex macro uh, there, There's a lot of keyboards that use QMK. This isn't QMK based, but there's – that's pretty much the standard as far as I know. Yeah. Of course, you've got to have your RGB lights, damn it, and uh, all that control for it. Um, that's the that's the swallow effect below there. Apparently, that bird sort of flaps around your keyboard. Unique swallow effect that causes a bird oh, to wow, dance across your keys. Oh, wow, that was the wrong kind keys. of swallow effect I was thinking <laughs> about. <laughs> that's why I said it. Uh, so the new Light Strike Libra switches, they've addressed every issue I personally had with the prior generation of optical switches, but they've also made them one of my favorite switch types ever. Hmm. Software is incredibly powerful, if unintuitive, when it comes to advanced macros, but users willing to take the time will be rewarded with more advanced automation functions than you'll find anywhere else in the mainstream. So there you go. It is 150 bucks, so it's not uh, a low-cost product. Um, and they do have variants of brown and orange switch options. Um, just, I guess, will changing the feel of that keyboard. So check out Chris's review. And if you have, you know, orange swallows, then you need to see a doctor. You know, I don't, I don't have any answers. I don't know what that, that means. I got yeah. nothing. nothing. Bloody else. swallows are worse, though. So. <laughs> no answers. Oh. Moving on. Uh, Sebastian posted a review of the Fractal Design Meshify C Tempered Glass Case Review. So they've just given up on naming, right? <laughs> I, I, when I first read this title, I thought it, I just read it as Meshy. Fractal Design Meshy C. That might I be thought, better. That's actually cool. better. Well, you know, Meshify. Yeah, it's, not, it's not great. But hey, look, look at that. Look at that. Look at that image. Look at that picture that Sebastian took. He takes good pictures. He does. So I just want to know how he got the fingerprints off that. Oh, well, he doesn't have fingerprints. His child was not oh, on the of his fingers off of the mesh. Off. Dedication to the craft. <laughs> As a security concern, you know? 
Oh, uh, no, it was purely aesthetic choice, I'm oh, sure, okay. no one's Sebastian. Yeah. Actually, the, the angular kind of like mesh design there matches like NVIDIA GPUs. Like the yeah, it kind of has the triangular polygon yeah. effect. Yeah, Somebody, polygon uh, Technoscope in the chest says he wants to take a hammer to the front grill and make it flat. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not going to have the desired effect. Uh, it does have a... Is that a tempered glass or a plastic? Oh, that's tempered glass. glass. Tempered glass. It's only $89 case. That's why I was oh, asking. Wow. <laughs> um, relatively small uh, in stature. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, yeah, oh, there. There's the... Glass exclamation point error. And you can see the uh, lighting umbrellas that Sebastian uh, uses. He's not supposed to let people know well. how the sausage is made. <laughs> Man. He's just trying to show everybody how professional uh, he is. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Still got a lot of filters, bottom, top, side. Um, it is front. Uh, my, my long uh, national nightmare of having rear access, bottom, <clears throat> Yeah. Fan filters mm-hmm. is is looks like it's finally coming to a close globally. Um, anything else stand out this to you, Jeremy, in this particular case? Uh, it's the Meshify's newest version. Like it doesn't really change in any way, shape, or form. But that's not a bad thing because he Sebastian always pretty much gives these guys a silver or gold. This one got a gold, and so hey. If you really like they, tempered glass, they do good stuff. I like you know even, if, if you put the front cover mm-hmm. in a microwave and set it for thirty seconds, it will flatten right out and become True. shiny. Well, no, because there's plastic reinforcing it behind there. If you look, That's yeah, I was saying was. like the, you know, the, you're just not you're just not working with me in, in the joke. <laughs> you got to you, you take it out. You got to shake it a little too. bit side to side. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it looks like yeah, they've got like a thing that covers the back plate for you can mount your uh, two and a half inch SSDs too, which is nice. Pretty tight. It is a full tight. ATX case, yeah. but it's it's a it's a micro or a mid tower design. Uh, he's still able to get his two hundred forty millimeter radiator in there. It's, yeah, it's not so bad. I mean, you you got to work on the uh, the spacing and 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 the <clears throat> the wiring, obviously, always. You know what really As usual about looks this. like a tight squeeze. The absolute worst. What's that? No optical drive. The best. It's the best case ever. Editor's choice. No, it is not. I'm sorry. Best case. I'm hoarding all these optical drives for the next eighty years that yeah, I'll be that using them. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, enclosure temperatures look good. Noise levels not as great. Um, I guess it was kind of what you expect from more of an open case with a glass side panel and mesh front panel and a mesh front panel. Yeah. And you can, if you put the right the light at the right angle, you can see right through the baby. It's like, uh, it's like, Ooh, wearing a, that, that is quite pretty white t-shirt for Josh. Yes. I was going to say, <laughs> I was wearing that gauze dress and, and the sun sat right behind me as I was dancing in the fields. Oh, it was the worst day of my life. Um, ah. So check out that review. Fractal design meshify spelled like it sounds. Mm-hmm. Meshify C, tempered glass. Uh, and then finally, or no, not finally, also Gigabyte H370 Aorus Gaming 3 Wi-Fi motherboard review from Mori. I'm not going to go through this in too much more detail. Ken, uh, remind me again, what are the new features of the H370? Well, you see there is a built-in integrated USB 3.1 Gen 2. Okay. For 10 gigabits per second. Got it. Transfers. There's also 802.11ac, but this board doesn't seem to use it. Doesn't seem to surface it at all, which is interesting. Yeah, 
So I wonder if it's embedded in the chipset now, but you don't like you still have to have. I think you have to have additional hardware. Yeah, which maybe is, is the what answer. they're doing. But uh, so the H three seventy chipset is now the lower cost. <laughs> uh is it not lower cost? Well, it's it's lower cost, but it's not the lowest. Well, it's lower cost on the Z three seventy. So yeah. basically, yes. normal, normally what we're used to seeing is the Z three seventy launch. Like the Z3 or the, the, the high end launch with the mid range, launch with the low end all at the same time. Mm-hmm. This time we had this enormously long wait for no apparent reason. I guess they're working on new silicon to embed USB 3.1 Gen 2 and uh, 802.11 AC. As opposed to all of those new features we got was E370, like nothing. Nada. Like nothing, yeah. But they wanted it out so they could, uh, you know, sell 8,700Ks um, before this week, apparently. It's got M.2 support. a DVI to the back for some reason. Well, you know. The, um, what, it, what the H370 lacks is the ability to overclock memory. And processor. And the, and the processor as yeah. well? Okay. Only Z SKUs can Only Z SKUs will do the overclocking capability. Otherwise, these motherboards, like, this is the first review we have, but um, I've seen, you know, a lot of documentation from Asus and MSI and other Gigabyte boards as well. They seem to be very well-featured, right? Yeah. Um, and you actually need less third-party chips now that you're doing 3.1 Gen yeah. 2 from the chipset. Yeah. Um, of course, you got to do the CPU cooler fit. It fits. There you go. Look at that. It fits. It apparently fits. It sits. you got to raise the fan up a little bit, but it fits. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and I think this, yeah, this has the Wi-Fi uh, module here. So there... It's, it, it's it's a little odd. I agree. It seems like maybe the Wi-Fi thing was a little late in the process, and maybe yeah, everyone yeah. didn't quite get ready yeah. in time. They do have removable uh, illuminated LED strips that go next to the um, memory. Uh, this one has like some kind of tribal tattoo looking thing. The other one has the Oris logo and PC Perspective printed on it. Probably yours Ooh. will ship with the PC Perspective name mm. printed on it. If they do, I need you to tell me so I can sue them. Um, but yeah, you can see that in the photo right here, and then you can see the tribal version in the. Hey, hey didn't somebody just order a laser etcher? I did. Oh shit! That's true. Great idea, Josh. This one's already etched, hey. so you, you know, know. I, I see the next million dollar idea. I'm selling yeah. these things on Etsy. Laser etched <laughs> LED for nine dollars. lighting with PC perspective branding. Yeah, on a T-shirt. I like it. On a t-shirt. <laughs> now, this board retails for 139 so quite a bit less than yeah. where we've seen Z370 boards at. You can still use 8700K. You can still use uh, – you won't be able to overclock it, but you can put that in there. But, you know, 8600, 8500, 8400. If you have an on K part, you should buy one of these boards instead of Z370. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's um, only the price of one dim. I mean, come on. It is interesting to note that one of the two M.2 slots on this board, there's one here and then one, uh, I guess, oh, right um, here. Th- th- there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of them is limited to buy two bandwidth, which is, I think, the bottom one. Is that I right? Hope. I, would I, would, I would hope so. so. Well, yeah. it would be awesome for I mean, that. I guess it is because uh, it's a was that, one. Uh, BFG or BFS or who was that? Uh, you was did, it BFG? Uh, no, 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 no. Alan. What? what was the last NVMe group? My digital that, uh, SSD? Oh, the SBX. My SSD or whoever. The SBX yeah. was the uh, Vi2. Digital hardware. SSD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that or Optane Memory. Right. Only, only uses two lanes. So True. 
Well, and the 800p, not just optical And the 800p, yeah. And before you scroll, make sure to look at that CMOS battery. Uh, oh, it's okay. actually Ooh, a deal. CMOS nice. battery. Very yeah. nicely done gigabyte. <laughs> uh, anyway, that buy two one, you would, in theory, is like, could be Optane specific. You could put whatever you want in there, but it is limited to buy two bandwidth. The other one, limited to, or still ex- is, is buy four. And the, the full size that nobody, nobody really uses. So check out that review if you're interested in the H370 products. And then we'll jump over to the next story here. We've got the Lenovo Star Wars Jedi Challenges. Um, Chris wrote this wrote up wrote this review up for us as well. This is a $199 MSRP, but actually I think it's selling for $149 on Amazon as I published this. $169 when he wrote it. Um, this is a a slot in phone augmented reality gaming thing where you use a lightsaber uh, and a little ball here that sits on your floor so that it knows where the floor is, and you lightsaber battle. Uh, just the one you Kylo were trying out? Yeah, I was trying it out in the office before I okay. sent it to him. Kylo Ren or um, Darth Maul or yeah. Darth Vader or whatever. There's, there's other mini games that go along with it. You can fight some battle droids. Um, the hardware here is actually pretty interesting. It's, so you're paying $150 for essentially one game that has several mini games in it. Uh, and because of that, the pricing structure is going to be difficult for most people to justify, mm-hmm. especially at 200 At 150 maybe you know less so. Um, but you do get a really cool lightsaber. It looks really good. It has a little white nubbin at the end that illuminates when it's on. Nubbin. Um, <clears throat> it works with modern iPhones, modern Android phones, although you definitely go check the compatibility lists uh, over on Lenovo's website for this. It is augmented reality, so you're basically – it's not VR. You aren't completely entrenched, which also means any problems you might have with um, you motion. Know, motion sickness and stuff are pretty much alleviated oh, – Alleviated, alleviated because you can see all the other stuff around you. Yeah. Right. Uh, insulation, relatively straightforward. They come with a bunch of different adapters for you um, for basically connecting the connection of your phone into the device itself. That's mm-hmm. how it will, it will, it's actually passing through video uh, that is then mirrored off of uh, part of the headset and uh, there away you go. So it, it, it's pretty good. I would encourage you guys to go read his review. He walks through the the main game of the lightsaber battles. Um, there is, you know, there's a slight bit of lag between the lightsaber movement in your hand and what shows up on your headset. Um, that I don't know how you fix exactly until you just get way, 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 way faster processing. Um, you can play hollow chess, which you know, a dream of of Alan's for years. You can play. Just don't play it with a Wookiee. Strategic combat, which is essentially an RTS, kind of a, a, a slightly simplified RTS game on your floor. Um, you know, you're using a lightsaber controller then to kind of as a wand to point and move things. It's an interesting idea. Mm. Um, he, he does kind of criticize cost of entry, especially at 199. At 149, I, you know, you've cut 25 percent off that price. But the bigger risk is this is this is going to be a one off thing yeah right they're not going to do much you don't think they're going to do many they did release it like an expansion pack for the original game where mm. they added in characters from the most recent movie or whatever and stuff like that but i don't know yeah, how it only much has so long in. of a shelf life like I, for i don't believe you know. that there won't be any dlc that that just can't happen anymore i don't well i just uh. don't know i don't know you have to see what the install base is and and what like like who funded this did star wars fund this did lenovo fund this yeah um 
who was kind of responsible for making this happen, and, and did have they made any money on it? You're it's all the money the that you spent at Disney World. Probably not at a loss. You actually, you know, with it. with Thank AR, you. this is an untapped area. I can think of a dozen applications with something that looks like a lightsaber that would mm-hmm. sell a lot of products. Yes, but not under the Star Wars brand, most likely. Is Hitachi yeah. attached to Star Wars? Don't go there, Josh. I think so. Not yet. But there could mm-hmm. be a tie-in at, at any point. At any point. Any uh, point. I found this. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so I found this incredibly interesting. However, I would probably not recommend it for the uh, a wide audience of people. Yeah. Uh, go read Chris's article if uh, you want some more some more takes on that, if you will. Uh, all right. So let's uh, stop here for just a second, and we're going to um, – we're going to talk about today's sponsor, which is an oldie. Uh oh, my trackpad disappeared. Uh, an oldie, but a goodie. An uh, Audible. You guys remember Audible? I do. They used to advertise with us a long remember, time ago. They I've used never to. Forgot them. They've never. They've never gone away from our hearts. Obviously, um, audiobooks. Obviously, that's what Audible is known for. They are a great way of helping you be a better you. That's what it says here, so I'm going to say that to you. And I don't know if I'm talking to Josh specifically or just anybody. Uh, for our audience, Audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. Just go to audible.com slash PCPer or text or text PCPer to 500-500 and browse their unmatched selection of audio content. Download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Um, audiobooks... Are, are something that I actually, I believe, are, are kind of universally understood at this point to be a great thing, whether it be yeah. uh, people who want to learn and continue their education while they're doing other things, whether it be you're, you're uh, at risk of falling behind in modern media as things, you know, movies come out like, say, I don't know, Ready Player One, and you're like, I haven't read that book. I should read that book. I don't have time to read. And the audiobook is really good of that and one. And the audiobook is very good mm-hmm. on that one. So it, it could be I, I want to force myself to be healthier. So I'm going to – I really enjoy these books, but I'm only going to listen while I'm riding my bike or driving. You know, driving. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really make you healthier, which was the point I was True. trying to get to. But sometimes you're just stuck in the car but for an hour every day. In the car, yeah, that's true. Getting healthier in your brain. It's true, yeah. Okay, but this will help. You know, I, I, it's a great motivational thing for you to use. It, it educates you as well. Um, it's, you know, I, I think you brought it up, and and when we were talking about, it, I was like, what well, we got? I've got to pick a, a specific selection for this ad today, and I think Ready Player One is a great yeah. idea for that because I also listen to it in audiobook format, and you did as well. Yeah, and it, and it's. The rendition is fantastic. Back when I first came, like you know, it's been it's been years now. Oh yeah, been, yeah I think it's, it's four or five years ago yeah. that I listened. It's to read it. by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. And it's on there, and it's available for you to listen to if you if you're excited to go see the movie and you want to read the book first, or you saw the movie and now you want to read the book, you can do that by listening to it through Audible. Um, Even if you've already seen the movie, like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's still like, and I think there, that for most for most movies and books, there's value in in, in watching both. Yeah. Um, you also have the ability, the feature called Whisper Sync, Whisper Sync for voice, which allows you to switch back and forth between reading and listening to the audiobook across many devices, including Amazon's Kindle and Echo, without ever losing your place or missing a word. This is actually a really cool thing. That when Amazon first bought Audible, I was like, they have to do this thing. You know, sometimes I, when I'm sitting in bed, I want to read, mm-hmm. right? Um, but when I drive to work the next day for 45 minutes, whatever it is, I want to be able to listen. 
and they have the capability to do that. Um, and I didn't realize this until reading this that basically the Echo supports it, so it will just read it yeah. out loud to you. Like, yeah, like that's pretty awesome, right? If you have a an Echo in your device in your house, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously, depending on who you're with, you may not want to just play it out loud overtly. Maybe your wife's out of town for the weekend or something like that, and that's that's a good way to to, to listen to the content there. So it's it's it, wait, it's a great it, service. Does it just play the Audiobook or is it reading it in no, the No, I'm echo sure voice? it's playing the audiobook. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure like, it's not reading it in a in the Alexa voice. Like I have this for I have this audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have this machine read it. It just to starts me reading instead. its own I mean, trend, you, know. you know, yeah. Uh, so that's again a free audiobook with a thirty day free trial at audible.com slash PC per or new text PC per to 500-500, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash PC per or text PC per to 500-500. And we thank Audible for their support of this show, which is PC Perspective, the podcast. Oh, that's, that's, that's really nice of Audible. It is very com. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slash PC per. Slash PC right. per. Don't forget that part. Don't. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll get into uh, some of the... Uh, news items here that we can run through. GTC was last week, NVIDIA's GPU technology conference. I was there for that. Uh, they had several announcements, including an eight, no, a $400,000 server and a $9,000 graphics card. Mm. So let's run out to the store immediately. If you're curious why... Everybody's broke? No, well, that too. <laughs> but if you're curious why NVIDIA's maybe... Not so eager not to raring launch. to go and making sure you get your GTX 1070 in time. Uh-huh. It's because they could they're, sell four hundred thousand dollars servers and eight, nine thousand dollars graphics cards yeah. instead. But also they did. Uh, they announced NVIDIA NVDL, NVDLA integration with Project Trillium, which I know something Josh you have talked about. Um, which, I have. Which is ARM's artificial oh, intelligence. Yeah. My trackpad is not working anymore so my i have an inability Either to scroll. my brain um so this is this is actually really interesting nvidia built a deep learning accelerator nvdla as an open source modular architecture that now arm has announced that they're going to integrate into their project trillium and this thus will enable you know generations of iot devices to have some ai capability um <laughs> there's a lot of jokes here what? What? All of the IoT devices just suddenly having AI? What could possibly but go wrong? But a minimal wrong? amount of AI, right? You know. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, Carl, uh, f- I don't know, I'm going to screw up Carl's last name because I've never had to say it out loud. Just Frund. Say Carl. Frund, uh, who's an analyst over at More Insights, says it's a win win for IoT mobile and embedded chip companies looking to design accelerated AI referencing solution, inf- inferencing solutions. NVIDIA is a clear leader in machine learning training, and ARM is leader in IoT and endpoints. So I'm it makes just waiting sense. for our smart light bulbs to start like psychedelically flashing, yeah. or something. So, uh, Josh, any thoughts on this? On you know, first of all, app uh, NVIDIA open sourcing something. Uh, second of all, like I guess when I heard about ARM Trillium, I thought it was going to be an ARM architecture product that was being built into it, but maybe that's not the case. It it doesn't look it. It looks like NVIDIA's got their own product. And they're edging it into ARM's Trillium. Yeah. Does that make sense? It I does. Mean, you know, it it's, does. it's about as simple as you could possibly get. There is no way that uh, other than NVIDIA licensing ARM stuff for CPU usage, they right. are not going to give an inch in AI 
Agreed. And deep learning and those stinking tensor cores, all of those things. Jensen had an interesting quote when uh, asked in a Q&A session about, uh, hey, are you worried about ASICs? You're worried about ASICs taking away your leadership position in machine learning and AI. Right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of been a, a, a prevailing theory going on. He said, you know, uh, we know about ASICs at NVIDIA. We, I would hope that they do we, by now. We, we, we put 12 engineers to design an ASIC for machine learning. Turns out it wasn't as good as what our GPUs can do, so we gave it away for free. And that's what this is. <laughs> that was a comment he made. It was basically like, yeah, we tried it. Turns out you can't do as good a job, so we gave it away. Okay. And, you know. It's right. an interesting comment to make, but uh, and it provides uh, funny commentary for us. But kind of kind of kneecaps all your competition who uh, you know, yeah, is are trying to make the case that ASICs will take mm-hmm. over that spot. So now, of course, you could just say, well, maybe Nvidia is not very good at making ASICs, and that's why yeah, they gave it they're away. not good at making ASICs. It's not all well, they do. You know, customize you know those specific. Ethereum guys. <laughs> there's there's a there's an argument to be made that Nvidia lucked into a lot of where it's at. Sure. Right? Not that they didn't, you know, do a ton of work once they figured out what they had, but you know, suddenly GPUs could be used for this thing. They're like, holy crap, this is this is it. This mm-hmm. is where we're going. So interesting discussion nonetheless. Also from uh GTC, uh the Disney Imagineering group, and I'm very disappointed that I missed this uh this part, uh talked about using the Unreal Engine four and eight uh, Quadro P6000 GPUs to power the upcoming Millennium Falcon simulator ride at the Star Wars land at Disney World and Disneyland that's opening in 2019. And they you're not going there at all. Definitely, you probably do will not, not have tickets whatsoever no, for Star Wars. Not land. at all. Not no, at all. None. Um, nor has he ever. Nor will I ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, but it's interesting because they're using eight GPUs for multi GPU rendering. On a you know a very important project on UE four on UE four, and um, they apparently have pushed that code back into UE, really into Unreal Engine. Now, whether or not it's general purpose enough to be applicable to other games or mm-hmm. engine, you know, other implementations has yet to be seen. Also, uh, I don't have a motherboard that supports eight graphics cards or the ability to or desire to purchase eight P6000s, which I think are... 1080s. Are they 1080s, essentially? Yeah. But they're more, oh. much more expensive. Oh, yeah. But you would, you would wonder if, there's, if there is going to be a use case for this, you know, to do four GPU support in UE4, right? Or, but, but, or is it just going to be, hey, this is a very controlled thing that they, they knew exactly what displays were going to be connected. They knew exactly that, what experience they wanted to have. Can't that work if it's doing the other kind of, uh, not SLI, but, you know... Whatever the MDA or whatever the heck, yeah, the DX12 yeah, type all that stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does that re- that's not really limited to four? I thought, like, I thought you could uh, push that further. I don't know further. the answer to that. The game has to be coded to talk to all right. those GPUs Correct. at the same time, right? Which Correct. is just part of that puzzle, in theory. which is part of what they were working on, right? Yeah. So potentially, now I don't know, but how much motivation is I a don't game even developer going to? API gonna... they used. I assume DX12, but they could have used Vulkan. They could have used sure. Yeah, you Vulcan is also multi GPU. Vulcan right, is so. easier than yeah. DX12 could by use, a significant margin. Could you use a API called Vulcan though in a Star Wars game? I mean, yes. this, this isn't going to help your AAA gaming titles necessarily, but right, it's going to help gonna a lot bother. of people doing large scale yeah. visualizations, archivists stuff with UE. Yeah, like agreed. Other rendering projects, which is yeah. really cool. So, so is this being used to just render to a very, very large canvas? Probably. It's, or, a, it's five a five projector, projector setup, mm-hmm. 
but I, I assume which, yes. which quad, quadros have the support for projector blending yes, built in. Correct. That's one of the quadro features. Correct. So, so pretty cool thing. I, I don't know if it will actually impact us, but hey, you know, let's do what we can. Um, this was a uh, before we get into the Intel eighth gen, Gigabyte eighth gen, Asus eighth gen, MSI eighth gen, <laughs> and all that stuff down the line. And a partridge. Um, Probably the last thing that I'll sit here and talk about is uh, a report from Bloomberg Bloomberg that came out that basically said uh, in 2020, Apple will start removing Intel processors from its PCs, its notebooks, Mm -hmm. and begin using its own processors. They say specifically notebooks or just computers? They say computers. They say computers. They say computers, and the implication is probably most likely notebooks first. You would start where the lowest, lowest you know, yeah. TDP and performance uh, restraints well, are. What's a computer? <laughs> Apple doesn't Smart know. Ass. So... That's them. Sure. That's them. <laughs> so what's interesting here is, uh, obviously this cr- uh, created quite the kerfuffle uh, with Intel stock, I think, dropping... Nine percent or yeah. something that so didn't stay there very long. It didn't no, stay I'm, there. I'm really sorry to see that you have become an analyst. It's been a lifelong goal of mine, actually, Josh. Yeah, well. So, oh wait, I moused over the program. <laughs> Ooh, oh no! Let's see. Hey, get some, uh, yeah. Avocado is only eighty-eight yeah. cents. Ooh, oh shit! Nice. Let's go to Kroger. Wow! Mouse hovering. <laughs> mouse hover ads. That's nice. Uh, so the implication here is that Apple believes that the work it's done on the A series ARM-based processors, you know, most recently being the A11 mm-hmm. Bionic, yep. um, that they believe it's by going to twi- turn into an olive incentive by 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 2020 Alamata? they will have enough performance to run macOS and do and start to displace Intel processors yeah. in some computers. Now. Um, it's an inter- it's an interesting discussion to have for a couple of reasons. One is, as I point out in this part of it, like Qualcomm's trying to do the same thing already in the PC space. Mm-hmm. You know, the Snapdragon 835 is now selling in uh, a couple of notebooks, and they'll have a next generation part that's going to do that. They have a multi year roadmap for this laid out um, that goes into 2020 and beyond. Um, are they going to have to? Are they going to emulate x86? Well, so I mean, it, bring back the fat binaries. So mm-hmm. what what you can easily do is if you're Apple, so you control the operating system and you yeah. control the hardware, yeah. you can make that decision, right? You can have an operating system that is complete Mac OS, completely uh, architected for ARM, and then um, you know applications that you write and are responsible for. You can switch off the screen now. Uh, that you can completely move over to that, and then mm-hmm. all you have to worry about is these third party developers who are slow and lazy. And you can just strong arm them, exactly, and yeah. they'll do what you want to do. You, you because they want to make that. money. You can absolutely do that. And, and Apple's already done this. They did this 12 years ago. Motorola yeah, to PowerPC. Yeah. PowerPC yep. to x86. But I thought they had a virtualization layer for a while there. And they, they did. did the, yeah. They did. Yeah. And they, they would likely have to have something like that for some time. Yeah. But Apple's in a very different position now than they were 12 years ago. Yeah. Right? Well. They have, they have, they have the mind share. They don't have like significantly better market share. They probably have better market share, but not significantly yeah, that's better. They're, my point. They're, like, they're, in about, they're about 10% of the notebook market yeah. right now. Now, that back in 98, 99, they, no, no, earlier than that, it was uh, 95, 96, they had the, what was it, the PowerPC 6400 with the Intel coprocessor board? And they were still no, on that would have been Motorola to PowerPC. That really wouldn't have been Intel. No, 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 it, it had a dedicated subprocessor on a daughter board. 
for PC emulation. Hmm. But they, they didn't move to x86 until 2000 and yeah, that was a little, yeah, this, this, yeah. this is prior to the Intel migration. This was still PowerPC on the main processor. So it went 68040 to the PowerPC 601 to 603. And the 603, you can get one with a daughter board with a, a, a mm, Pentium yeah. 586. But why? Yeah. Because you need to run Intel applications on a Mac, and they didn't have an emulation layer in place. It was a very weird thing. I don't remember. It that worked. It didn't last. I long. was very young, and it worked, know. but it wasn't great. I, so, but and, I mean, but I mean, like emulation is a thing, right? And Microsoft is mm-hmm. emulating x86 mm-hmm. for ARM now. It's not mm-hmm. perfect, and it's not probably not great. Um, Apple has so much more of an advantage here than Microsoft does in the ability to sort of change architectures because of the Intel architecture change and the stuff they've been doing since then, like high DPI support, where they've rallied the developers around using their common APIs and frameworks Yeah. so that it will just be a recompile on Xcode. And it will follow along. That's true. Be easy. This will be the fourth time it's happened. Yeah. Well, sure. But so we went from the the sixty eight hundred to the PowerPC to Intel and now to ARM. Yeah. Four architectures in four in yeah. thirty years. I mean, yeah. thirty years is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that, like I, I'm a proponent that x eighty six could. Like there was there was what was the th- x eighty six everywhere was the discussion right that was, that's what <laughs> Intel talked about when they wanted to bring uh, x eighty six into mobile phones mm. now it's like x eighty six most places um, eh, x eighty six some places in some places uh, but ARM is is going the other direction hey ARM everywhere that's that's their that's their mentality right um, and there was you know do I believe within two years they could get to f- you know, fairly high performance. Apple's already creating the highest performance mobile processors that exist, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of argument there. The argument is about by how much. Um, so in two years, could they do it? And and now that you don't have a thermal limit of five watts, what can you do with your design that you could do differently? Uh, I think there's a whole lot. Apple has a ton of money. They hire the best people. Um, they don't do everything perfectly, but they're not just going to jump in and, and totally screw it up, right? They, they at least have the money and the capability to go, hey, that this is a dumb idea, that they would cut it. And I think if we're at this point where we have a date and we have a code name and stuff, um, it's probably a real thing that's going to happen. Now, for Intel, I think uh, the report stated that Apple is responsible for about 5% of Intel's annual revenue. Mm-hmm. So it is a substantial amount, but it's not like a life-threatening amount for Intel, Um and it also is kind of interesting complication because as part of the Qualcomm modem Apple phone dispute that has been going on, our Apple has leaned into Intel as a secondary supplier for modem technology. And now that relationship might feel very different, right? I don't think Intel is going to go, oh, yeah, well, if you don't want our processors, we're not going to give you our modems either because that would be pretty <laughs> stupid. So they don't want people to buy their modems? But I'm sure they would just – please buy our modems or please buy our whole modem division or something like that. Or <laughs> please buy Intel. I don't think that's going to happen. Apple's but, done that in the past. They bought. Yeah. They bought, I forget who, but Intel's obviously a much larger entity yeah. they'd have to deal with. Uh, so it, it creates a whole lot of stuff. It, you know, it kind of pre-validates the Qualcomm arm on windows thing. It doesn't make that product any better, mm-hmm. you know, necessarily just by existing, but it does kind of say, Hey, maybe this is the right track of things. Um, but it's also possible that this, you know, only happens on the MacBook Air or whatever that machine is called nowadays. And the MacBook, the MacBook, you know, c- could this replace 
desktop like desktop PCs Google's replace iMacs. It, well, and on, on one hand, another question that goes with that. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to see iOS take over everything and Mac OS go away or vice versa? Are they going to switch to one uh, operating system for mobile straight through to desktop because, well, they're doing the platform on the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, th- Which, they've, they've been working on unifying those two platforms unofficially for years, bringing, bringing in sort of UI elements into Mac OS yeah. and iOS and sort of the app switching mentality and stuff like that. Yeah. And they let Mac- Microsoft show how not to do it. <laughs> so they've got that going for them too. But I mean, it's just really... Another interesting thought that I've had on this is, you know, the, another argument is like, hey, well, if you have high-end... If you have an application that's high-end GPU work... You know, like the Mac Pro area, the mm-hmm. iMac Pro. It's going to be really hard for Apple to suddenly jump up to that level of performance, both in terms of having a 18-core Xeon and a you know high-end Vega GPU. But hey, virtualized GPUs and cloud-based rendering is certainly picking up picking up steam as well. And Apple could that would be an Apple move. That would absolutely yeah. be an Apple move. It's like, don't worry about your graphics rendering. We've handled that here at this big circular building we have. Uh, in California and throughout the world, right? And uh, every every iMac Pro in 2020 ships with uh, 50 hours a week of free render time on uh, Apple Render Farms, mm. right? And, There's kind know, of been, been an interesting theory that when you bring that up, actually, that like Apple could ship. They've kind of been shipping ARM processors in Macs already with the iMac Pro and the most recent MacBook Pro, so. Yeah. They could att- potentially start to enable testing of ARM code on existing Macs mm-hmm. for applications, mm-hmm. and like kind of iron out the whole dev kit compatibility situation they had with the Mac Pro dev kits back in the day for the Intel transition. Is that just a management engine kind of nobody thing? Nobody knows. <laughs> it's got it's got ARM in it. Like nobody knows the exact extent of what it could do. Like in the MacBook Pro, it, it runs. Essentially, a version version of WatchOS in the Touch Bar, but oh, who knows? It could okay, do more. Okay. Now, you guys can continue to debate this, but I'm going to get up from this table and walk away. Ken, do you want to take my seat here, or are you going to stay over there? I'll leave Alan by himself. I'll stay over here with the Somebody's headphones and the plugs screen. and everything. And I'm just walk Quit. away. You guys are all idiots. Don't walk away, walk away, <laughs> walk away, walk away. You're supposed to walk in front of the camera for better effect. There. Idiots. Walk this way. <laughs> all right, let's do this shit. All right. Now that we got rid of that joker, let's get on to the real show. As he closes the door. As he shuts the, the door. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, well, this is unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. All right. So, where are we at? Did, did he tag team you? Did he? He's supposed I, to tag I think team so. You. Okay, good. Uh, I don't know. Where are we at next? Gotta find my place. I'm so alone Come back here. Come on and tell Nice podcast is brought to you by the number eight. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the obtain uh, the new obtain stuff. That's next. well. We what have are you the, talking about. You're gonna have to. Multiple. You're gonna have to hotkey with no touchpad. That's how Ryan has left you. Deal. What a dick. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he broke the touchpad, and then, he, and then you took over. Oh, he's still here. Oh, he's back. He's there back he is. What a dick. <laughs> you broke the, the touchpad. Uh, sure. F6 key? Again? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, wait, why'd you go to that one first? Because that's the more. these are why'd the more go- interesting ones. We'll get to Optane later. I'm, I was following the show notes. Dang. Okay. Hold on. 
Which one do you want to do first? We had like three Intel stories, so we grouped them together. Ken, you wrote this one. Go for it. Do you want a six gen or a uh, six gen? A six gen processor in your laptop? I I think I already already got one. System for you. Oh. Uh, how about six cores? Six cores in your laptop? Uh, How's that sound? pretty good. Six cores, 12 threads? What TDP? Uh, 45 watt. <laughs> what? That's on the high end for a laptop, but well, six it, cores. It's the, it's the HQ. It's the gaming laptops. It's the more professional laptops with, with discrete graphics in it, not Ultrabooks. Yeah. So Intel announced the sort of rest of their 8th gen mobile lineup this earlier this week, including an i9 processor. Which is a six core. Well, right. no, actually, it's not just the six core. So, if you look at the sort of breakdown here, all of the i7s are six core, 12 thread. The oh. i5s move from four core, four thread to four core, eight thread, which is nice. Then there's this i9 up here, which is mostly just a branding technique, yeah. which is uh, boost up to 4.8 gigahertz and fully unlocked. So, did the, the nines, the i9s replace the K series from the previous generation? Yeah, they pretty much replaced the HK skew, so the, the fully unlocked stuff. So, they kind of just replaced the 7 with the 9 in that case. Okay, so the uh, i9 is becoming their really enthusiast yeah. skew. The i9 is like the mobile extreme edition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort pretty, of. pretty much. For when you want an unlocked CPU on your laptop. I mean... Uh, well, hey, if we so get to... I know some people want to do it. Yes, I'm aware. I if we get go it. ahead and get to what... Oh, no, not the developer Where are you tools. going? F11. Ah. <laughs> if we get to Intel Velocity Thermal Boost, Thermal Velocity Boost, uh-huh. rather. Interesting name, but okay. Uh, this is sort of a layer on top of Turbo Boost, Boost Why 2. Why is it wearing a condom? Wasn't, I don't know. Wasn't Turbo Boost 2 already a layer on top of Turbo Boost 1? Yeah. They weren't did, didn't really explain a whole lot about this, but they said typically we'll be able to see 200 megahertz on single core and 100 megahertz on the multi-core. Yeah, turbo. but the problem with that is even though you're going that fast, you're only going to feel about 75% as much. Uh, oh, okay, why? But, um, sh- oh. <laughs> Some people are keeping up with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so this thing uh, sufferable. <laughs> so, so so this is essentially if you have the extra extra thermal headroom below fifty C, it'll start to boost up to it. Okay. Intel did say with factory overclocking and non-lock parts, they expect to see OEMs hit five gigahertz and beyond on some of these notebooks with the okay. nine processors, which is kind of insane for five gigahertz single threaded. But we're talking five workloads. gigahertz like for a while, right? Like not like yeah, they didn't really f- say not like for a second. As long as it's under fifty C. Okay. So, so and this is for a, you definitely get a ramp. This yeah. is for a single core. Yes, we're talking single core. Okay. You will see a a lesser but still better performance enhancement to multi core. Yeah, yeah. Turbos. Are we doing the favorite core thing with this now? No. Okay, so no. we're not to that. Point. As far as I know, that doesn't exist on the mobile stuff currently. Okay. Uh, also, there are some chipset changes, including integrated here two eleven AC. Wi-Fi, as we talked about earlier on the desktop side, that's also on the mobile side, which two by makes two. more sense. So it's 2 by 2 160 megahertz, which is a new frequency added in 802.11ac Wave 2, which is very, very unsupported by routers now. I don't actually yeah. know of any router that supports it. I haven't looked 160 intently. megahertz channel width? Yes. 
Yeah, highest I've seen is 80. Yeah, so this is how Intel is saying they're getting they're breaking the gigabit barrier with Wi-Fi with only 2x2. Two two. Oh, yeah, but you need something on the other end that supports it. You need something on the other end. It's very unsupported. However, Intel putting this into chipsets, into a bunch of chipsets... That should help get the support. It will be very likely that the router people will follow up. That's kind of how Intel and the wireless market go, is they introduce something and then everyone else catches up. Like, yeah. look at Centrino back in the day, how big of a success that's, that was. That's true. So hopefully we see some... Adoption there. Technoscope says in the chat his router supports 160 megahertz. So there are a couple out there. They're going to be really high end stuff. Your router likely isn't going to support it, but you might even have to have it. Even if it does, you might need to keep your firmware updated uh, a little bit more yeah. vigorously to make sure that it actually uses the speed or achieves it. Yeah. Also on the mobile side, they announced the 28 watt U, U series parts with Iris Pro graphics. Hint, hint. Um, Apple is the only people that ever use these chips. Uh-huh. They're what the are you only saying, Ken? Uh, I think these are going to be in some new 13-inch MacBook Pros pretty soon. Mm, mm. I see. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, not after 2020. Mm. So not after 2020. So essentially, these are the four-core, eight-thread parts with the 128 megs of EDRAM for Iris Pro as uh-huh. sort of a level four cache. Actually, I think they might be calling it Iris Plus now. It's just... Name change as Intel is one to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, USB 3.1 Gen 2 connectivity, like we talked about in the chipset so, as well. Uh, moving on to the desktop side, they announced a couple of new SKUs, including the i5 8600, i5 8500, and i3 8300. These just kind of slot into the same, like the expected gaps that we saw with the previous yeah. launch. Yeah. More of the locked parts to go with the h370 and b360 chipsets nothing non, really exciting there non-hyper-threaded parts yeah they also announced the t-skews which are the lower power desktop skews which we usually only see in oem systems however enthusiasts will occasionally get their hands on this for like fanless builds mm-hmm. or stuff like that which is kind of cool we already talked about the chipset stuff uh so i guess we'll roll into the optane news that you alluded to earlier uh yeah so along with all of the other uh eighth gen stuff there is another series of or another line of like logos that they added if you scroll down a little bit to the next uh thing there you get a look at core plus yeah it's this core i7 i5 i9 with the plus after the number right so uh the plus is supposed to signify that the platform would come equipped with optane memory like Sort of installed, like so. If you have OEM this, systems, yeah, like OEM systems with this particular oh. dark blue badge on them, just implies that you have Optane memory just as part of the system. Um, now, whether or not, I mean, you know, you probably you could potentially still put Optane memory in other mobile platforms on eighth gen parts. They should give you just, two case bad case badges. <laughs> to have the, so when you have the regular one and the plus, yeah, so you just if you put an Optane in there, you can you stick it over. Stick there. it over the other one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. It's essentially the same stuff that we've covered in the past as far as Optane memory. Like, we tested it on a desktop system when it first came out. Um, however, Optane memory first came out, and those the controllers on those parts uh, had really no uh, sense of an idle state. There was no hardware uh, spin-down-the-controller kind of thing, even possible. It, it, they really acted more like an enterprise part in that respect. Uh, yeah, they weren't really meant for low power states. Yeah, they just weren't. Kind of just wasn't designed in yet. Um, and then we had the 800P come out, which looked exactly the same. 
like even the PCB like layout yeah. was the same, right? Um, however, they did bake in uh, power management into those because they wanted to be able to put 800Ps into mobile systems and have them, you know, not just vampire away at the battery when you weren't doing anything with your system. That'd be kind of silly. Um, so since they already had the ability to spin down that controller, uh, now they're going to come out with, and I'm not sure how they're going to d- denote this as being different, but they're going to re- like sort of re-release the Optane memory parts in a power conserving uh, you know, form or you know, form. Or that whatever. seems like kind of a mess, but I uh, guess Yeah, I'm not sure. They're gonna have to label it slightly different. Yeah. We don't know yet. I um, mean most people This is the ninety Optane, this is the ninety two yeah. Optane. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Have you um, seen Intel's rest of their lineup? This yeah. is not a new thing. Yeah, but so, th- this is this is really not consumer facing. The amount of people who would buy an Optane module and p- know that they are able to put it in their laptop for caching yeah. use is very very low. I That's would imagine true. this is more mm-hmm. apart for OEMs. So I'm guessing the they're just going to like immediately phase out the old ones, switch it over to the new ones because like based on our 800p testing, there's not really any. Even though it can do power management and stuff, it's not really going to slow anything down. Right, if it's in an idle state, it's it's incredibly fast at spinning yeah. back up to the point where it's negligible. Um, so basically, even though it does power management, no performance impact or just negligible. Um, so they're going to swap those out. The 16 and the 32 gig will probably just be replaced with these new versions, uh, and there's going to be a 64 gig version, which is added. Right, they didn't have that before, and it's also going to make things more confusing because there is currently a 58 gigabyte 800p. So people might look at the 64 gigabyte Optane memory part and go, well, that one's got some more space on it. Well, it does. I'll just buy that and use that as my OS drive. But the reason you don't want to do that is because the 800P is using some of that space to help properly manage the the media, the cross point, for like wear leveling and stuff like that. Whereas when you're using an Optane memory part, the driver takes care of the wear leveling. The drive does not have to do that because the the software that you run on the system is handling that, right? So basically anybody using an Optane memory SSD uh, as like primary storage directly, you have to realize you're kind of giving up something there where down the road you could potentially burn out parts of the But the endurance of Optane is so high to begin with. That's true. It is. Um, but that said, if something in your OS hammers away yeah. every few seconds at a particular you know, sector range, you might actually cause some problems. Uh, anyway, so 64 gig part, um, what might that's you great. use that 64 gig part for? I don't know, because when we did our testing on 16 and 32 gig, once 16 you, you gig... You didn't understand the segue. I was segueing oh. into this next slide here. You might use it for accelerating your Steam drive. Well... But along along the along that route, yes, they're adding. Uh, actually, as of now, even though these parts aren't out yet, you oh, can does the get, software support it today? Yeah, the most recent okay. Optane memory that should be live now. Uh, that driver does support this. So even if you have a 32 gig part uh, and you have a speedier NVMe or a speedy NVMe SSD like a 960, you know, from Samsung or something, you just want to use that as your OS drive, and then you have a big Steam like hard drive games or some you know SATA SSD maybe that's like a kind of an older solar one or whatever maybe maybe like a f- we've seen those Micron full TLC drives on sale super cheap for the two terabyte version yeah you do something and, like and this you can get that and don't get me wrong those are speedy but if you want like to give it a little extra kick 
you can add a Optane memory caching layer to a secondary drive now. Uh, and and that applies to SATA. You can't Optane memory cache an NVMe uh, SSD, just so you know. Oh, hmm. uh, yeah. It's yeah. kind of overkill when you get to that point. You're you're kind of diminishing returns. It seems like you wouldn't then. see any real gains out of it's, that. It gets to the point where you're really splitting hairs once you're, you know, already have a fast NVMe SSD. Um, so you can do that, um, which is great, and that's uh, effective now. But dang it, you derailed whatever my other thought was I was trying to get to. What was I going to say? There's that something else relevant here. Optane caching doesn't really use more than 32 gigs. Ever. Yes, that was my point uh, that I, I want to make. Well, we did a bunch of testing. We were doing crazy stuff like installing Office and installing a few huge games and doing all this other stuff. And even moving that much data around the 32 gig Optane memory module had a hard time like rolling other stuff off of the cache. Like we really didn't see, you know, we'd do some other huge th- operations a few times in a row and then go back to that original thing we did at the very beginning of the cycle and it was still going fast. So it's pretty darn hard to have uh, stuff roll out of the cache on the 32 gig Optane memory part. Um, so, and I kind of asked slash suggested this when we did the call with Intel. I was like, oh, well, we got 64 gig. That's plenty of space now. Why don't you guys make your driver be able to cache both, like your OS drive and your secondary drive? That would be great. And they said, well, it's a great idea, but they're not doing it right now. It's an added level of complexity, certainly. It is. Granted, it is definitely an added complexity. But, you know, 64 gig, it's a lot of Optane to just use as a cache. And I yeah. really wish you could split it a couple of ways there. It'd be... You know, then you could just say your Optane memory accelerating everything in your system, right? Uh, I mean, maybe with the external drive stuff and expecting mm-hmm. bigger drives and bigger game installs and stuff like that, they've adjusted the algorithm a little bit to actually use more of the storage. We'll have to test that and find out. Yeah. It's just that, like, you know, you figure if a person is going to shift over and want to put this Optane memory caching their secondary drive, then somebody might be able to argue, well... You know, well, now you're giving up having Optane memory on your OS drive, which, you know, is it's it's you're kind of like shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Like, sure, your game loads are accelerated, but now all your OS stuff is going to be slightly slower. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just buy a SATA SSD in that point. <laughs> just buy a SATA SSD for your boot drive. Right. And have your OS on a SATA SSD? Yeah. No, I would have it on an NVMe SSD. As opposed to a hard drive. Oh, sure. Like I have you, mine if, on if USB. Your yeah, 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 yeah. You should be caching both of them. At that point, right. you, should, you should just have a real SSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally lean towards just Optane memory cache your, your OS drive and then just have a I'm decent... I'm excited to see the performance of the secondary size drive stuff because, you know, you have a two, four, six, eight terabyte hard drive. They're slow. And yeah. if you can get any more speed out of it for... 30 bucks right like that's compelling yeah i mean even if you if you threw the 32 gig part based on what we saw how the 16 gig and the 32 we all gig got, parts spare got two slots on our boards yeah but like 32 gig would be good for like say two or three relatively large games yeah. that you were playing like actively um because remember it doesn't have to fit the whole game in the cache just the parts it's actually you know loading Right? Yeah. which is not the You're entire... You're not loading all of the textures from the 100 gig install into one yeah. level. Yeah, so it only has to pick little pieces of that yeah. game out of it. And so, you know, it'll it'll keep, uh, you know, whatever recent round of games you're playing running as if it was on an SSD, even if it wasn't. Yeah. Which is cool. All right, so we're not done with HGN News yet. Unfortunately. Apparently wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
What? What? What, what are you doing? Because I thought the whole thing was awful. What are you doing there? Uh, do you guys only got to one story while I was gone? No, we did three. Only one, only one thing went well, down. Well, look was, at me. It was look gr- at me. It was grouped. Look at me. Yeah, yeah. I'm the podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. I know what it's like over here. Did you go get some nacho fries at Taco Bell? Uh, they don't have them anymore. Have. Yeah, should have. Ah, oh, they don't have it. Thanks, Josh. Nice little. Okay. <sighs> but you said they don't have them anymore. No, they they temporarily are discontinuing them because they are in too high of demand. Quote Summer. unquote. What? That makes the That's opposite crazy. sense. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyway. Yeah. They were so good. They they are good. Yeah. The five dollar nacho fry box is pretty good. Got like a like a, like a chalupa and uh. All right, Doritos guys. Taco. I don't even see the show. I don't even <laughs> see the picks of the week on the on the on the board yet. Let's go through this. All right. So, <clears throat> along with Intel's eighth announcement, some OEMs decided to announce systems with these processors. Ooh, surprise! So, surprise. We'll go through a couple of these announcements. First, we have Gigabyte with their Aero 15 line of laptops. These laptops, I, I saw a couple of them at CES at different booths, like in Gigabyte and NVIDIA. They're really compelling. I want to get my hands on one of them. They're super thin and light gaming notebooks hmm. that don't really seem to have a lot of compromise, which is interesting. So they here just we have... Well. Go figure. You mean there's high performance in a very small thing in modern times? I mean, we're <laughs> talking, we're talking near-ultrabook thin with 45-watt uh, processors and discrete GPUs. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Here we're is. talking... Yeah, 1.8 centimeter thick in a yeah. GTX, uh, well, either a 1070 or 1080, depending on what yeah, you buy for the era. Not Max-Q even. So we're talking no, not. the full GPUs here. And six-core processors. You have either the i7-8850H or the i9. Hmm. So you could have an unlocked processor. And these are probably not going to get a lot of overclocking headroom in it. But do we do we think the Max Q brand left for it good? It seems like it because all of these <laughs> nope. announcements, no one has Max Q machines. Uh, yeah. One of them does. Oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen one, one yet. Uh, which one? Which ROG? The Asus, um, isn't it? No, the Zephyrus. Zephyrus is not Max Q. It's not a Max Q. No. Well, what? Jeremy mm. saw a Max Q recently, I guess. Mm. So. I didn't see any in the announcements, but I wasn't looking too close for that. And then no, because I, I recently typed Max Q out. <laughs> Fair so. enough. <laughs> What's somewhere this on the site? Oris Grand Trio stuff. I haven't looked at this, Jeremy. Uh, so well, the Aorus got uh, the brand refresh because, well, hey, eighth gen. That's a good option. And they, they sort of stuck with everything that they've done before. So you've got a nineteen twenty by ten eighty p. Screen with 144 meg, er, uh, 144 hertz refresh rate and G Sync, and that's straight across the board on all of them. Uh, you get a pair of M.2 PCI SSDs with a two and a half inch hard drive for storage if you sort of need it. Uh, all but the one has a 1080 in it. Uh, the the 15 inch guy is actually a, a 1070. And every single one of these uh, comes with an overclocked processor, or in the case of the uh, X9DT, it's set uh, at base clocks, but you can overclock it however you feel like, Mm. because it is one of those fancy processors that allows you to do it. This is interesting. I've never seen this about displays before. Each display has been calibrated by a professional using an X-Rite solution from Pantone. Which they're claiming is 100% Adobe RGB. Wow. Yeah. 144 hertz. 1080p, 100% Adobe RGB display. Yeah. It seems like they should flip some sort of HDR switch on that. Maybe the backlight. It, does, it probably doesn't have local dimming. The backlight can't get bright enough. But Right. Huh. 
Never stopped anybody else. Yeah, everybody else is doing it. Yeah, it's one of the Gigabyte Arrows, the 15X V8 that had the Max Q. Huh. Mm. Not the one in the original announcement. Yeah, interesting. Moving on, we have Asus's announcement, as we alluded to. They announced a couple of machines. Uh, none of them were too exciting. They were just kind of updates with the 8th Gen parts, besides the new RG Zephyrus MGM501. And, okay, spoiler alert, where's the keyboard going to be? Hmm. In a good spot. Yay! Not at the very, very front no. of the form. They listened. You know. <laughs> they made the laptop a couple of millimeters, or like tenths, of inch, uh, I think it's like a tenth of an inch thicker at yeah. the maximum point because it's kind mm-hmm. of a tapered design. Move the keyboard to the right spot. Put in a five watt hour larger battery, so it's now fifty five watt hours. We have six core processors now. We have up to a ten seventy full ten seventy, along with the ability to switch between the discrete and integrated graphics. Because one of the major pain points on the original Zephyrus was. The lack of battery life because it was always using the discrete GPU. Even yeah. in our web browsing battery test, it was using the 1080 Max Q. Yeah. So hopefully we see a bit of a battery life advantage to this. I think we have one of these on the way to us. Uh, they've also added a sort of mandatory one terabyte FireCuda SSHD as a secondary drive. So I'm sorry, did you call it a FireCuda? Yeah, that's what they call their SSHDs they added, now. They used to just call them SSHDs, and now it's a part now of the Fire Cuda awesome line. Now it's a Fire Cuda? It's yeah. in the Fire Cuda line. I imagine a Not fish Not only is it a Barracuda, it's on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's like breathing <laughs> fire. On fire, yes. Yeah. Nice, I like it. A lot of the same I.O. We have Thunderbolt 3, Jet, used to be Gen 1, 3.1 Gen 1 and Gen 2, HDMI 2.0. Ooh. Same same general size, mm-hmm. price points. Same, the keyword's same in the right spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had the highest end configuration at twenty two hundred. The fourteen ninety nine Best Buy exclusive configuration, which I did not spell exclusive correct in this article, coming mm-hmm. in May is actually pretty interesting. You have a ten eighty p non G Sync hundred twenty hertz display with the ten sixty and a hundred twenty eight gig SATA drive instead of the NVMe two fifty six gig drives in the higher end configurations. But for fifteen hundred bucks for a thin and light gaming notebook. With the keyboard in the right spot, seems seems pretty is it correct. Good. It's not G Sync, you said. Correct. Yeah, it's it's they don't have the G Sync display in that one. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boo. Fine. I thought it was interesting. I, I thought think it might I, be I, a compelling option. What's their first? You know what? You find filament interesting. Are the first rates higher than sixty? I mean, yeah, I think the filament in okay, a light well, bulb good, is incredibly interesting. In, from no, I'm not talking filament in. in well, go stare at printing. one then. Well, do you want to talk about the difference between ABS, PLA, PTG? Oh, could we? Uh, that would be fascinating. Okay. That would take like an well, hour. I do see pics of the week on the board now. Unforgettable we made podcasting it. That new history. ASA film, and it's got the advantages of ABS. It doesn't do oh, UV. Lord, it doesn't degrade in UV, and it's easy to print. I mean, come on. What can you, can you we want? talk about the heating of the base plate when we, when we start printing at the base? Oh, come you on. definitely need a heated bed for that. Children. Yeah. Children. Absolutely. Absolutely. A heated enclosure would be better, but then your electronics could overheat, so... Speaking of no, not overheating electronics. <laughs> Speaking of thin and light gaming notebooks, we have the MSI GS65 Stealth. I saw this in person. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, when it was a GTC, and it's it's nice. Um, the design. How well does it skip across the lake? <laughs> it would do very well, I think. 
the nice. design styling is much better than the previous ones. Uh, it still has like a full size Ethernet jack on it. Um, That's about the thickest thing on the laptop. Right? It is. It's like it's it's like there's very little plastic between the edges of that and uh, and the the body itself. Um, and they put like. A huge battery in it. I want to say like ninety something watt hour battery in this Lord. thing. Yeah, it's like ninety one. I think. Yeah, they they claim they claim to get eight more than eight hours in the kind of standard mobile mark uh-huh. battery test. I don't think you could take this on an airplane. What do you mean? It's got ninety one watt hour battery. Don't tell anybody. Oh, they don't check that crap. <laughs> uh, so you could break through the cockpit door <laughs> with that magnesium powder. It'd be I don't like think an it's axe. magnesium. <laughs> So it's 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 really interesting and it's um not terribly expensive I don't think either. Like I think it starts in that same $1400 a $1400 range. Um, I, I like their subtle design change. They went with black and gold this time as sort of like the black and red thing yeah. they've been doing. I think the gold accents are kind of nice. Can can, they, can I mention one thing about that? Uh, sure. Absolutely. Look yeah. at those hinges. Yeah. Seriously. Look at those and all the stuff that has to go through those hinges. Yeah, yeah, fair. That's the only thing that worries me is beautiful. are the are the hinges sturdy enough? Yep. Is there going to be a lot I of screen so. wobble? Because I hate that. I hate. Screen. I hate, I hate it when that. it wobbles. You know, aesthetics. It's, you do see the, it's top notch. You see where they kind of yeah. cheated with like re- reducing bezel size by just making a gap there. Like uh, that would be bezel otherwise. Well, I mean, it has a very thin bezel on the top left and bottom. Yeah. Uh, or I'm what sorry, top right, left and right. The bottom the right is, is a thicker bezel. Uh, I didn't think to look where the uh, camera might be. It, it's in the top middle, is as it? you okay. would want it to be. Um, but you know, it's 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 to the point. Having seen it in person, where the bezel is thin enough. Like, if do yeah. I need it thinner? Probably not. Do I want like your original MacBook Air? No. But <laughs> nobody wants that. Not inch, even me anymore. Inch and a half. Inch and a half. Bezel. Right. <laughs> it's like this is not a picture frame, guys. Uh, <laughs> But I, I, th- I actually, I'm really, imp- I, I, I really liked the GS series previously uh, when we did like all those MSI notebook roundups. Yeah, uh, it was always my favorite. It was uh, the best mix of thin and light and gaming performance. I'd like to see what what this changes. And they also have, I don't know if they announced it, but they do it like a workstation version of this as well. With yes, Quadro graphics. Yeah. So that's that's probably coming soon. But an interesting option TM. if you're trying to get work to pay for your laptop, mm-hmm. you go with one of those. Moving on, we have We'll a, see how it compares to the watch band hinge that that yoga in front of you has. Mm-hmm. This yoga? This yeah. yoga in front of me? That That's yoga. a second oh, generation that. watch band hinge. Look at that hinge. It's so smooth. Look at that. It's so smooth. It's very nice. It's firm, yet yeah. smooth. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about that Huawei P20, yo. Uh, here it has an amazing camera, which is really pretty good because cameras. it has three on the back of it. Jeez, Pete's. That's the third one for. You know, I don't remember. Uh, it's for the f- <laughs> it's for the fourth dimension. But it now has the top DXO rating for a phone. A score of one hundred and nine. It's, it's the urinal camera because three because three. Uh, oh, I think one of them is monochrome. I saw an interesting oh. tweet. Yeah, that's used to uh, gather like. Increase the right data and increase. Uh, yeah. uh, Huawei's yeah. been doing that for a while. Where they had dual cameras and one was monochrome. The Leica, uh-huh. quote unquote, setup. Yeah. But now they moved the, to. A I saw an interesting tweet that's about the this. one that does a stabilization too. Oh, okay, I saw an interesting yeah. tweet about this where it's like, okay, just just to prove to you that DXO score doesn't really mean that much. Uh, it's the best DXO score, but it's the worst camera app I've ever used in my <laughs> life. 
like kind of laggy, complicated, mm. uh, obtuse on how to change settings. Yeah. Uh, which is the problem you get when you when you start to get too professional in your camera config. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's like. You know, me being able to take this GH, what is this here? GH4. GH4 and give it to my wife and say, here, go take some pictures. They're not going to turn out great. No. Uh, but if I give her an iPhone 10, they're going to turn out pretty good because it's a push mm-hmm. a button. Yeah. Now, that's not perfect for everybody, but it's perfect for most. Yeah. I, I tend to have some problems with the DXO mark. They don't really take dual cameras into account, like specifically. Like they, they don't take the features of dual cameras, like being able to have a second focal point into account and i think when i look at a lot of their comparison tests like i had this happen with the s9 i honestly thought the google pixel 2 and the iphone 10 cameras iphone 10 iphone x which one is it and 10 it's 10 cameras like that some of the shots looked better samsung still does a lot of smoothing and artificial stuff in their photos which makes me a little suspicious of the dxo test if they don't kind of pull that out as being worse Mm -hmm. but I don't know. They're kind of very close knit with exactly they're looking for in those benchmarks, which you know can be a bit here or there. How much is it? Uh, I don't know if we have U.S. pricing for this. In the article, we have seven hundred ninety nine pounds. Yeah, that's, that's like that's like that uh, sounds like a lot of money. Well, the person who wrote this. Has was one drunk. comma two three point nine three, which I believe is missing at least one digit after the comma before the decimal. So I'm going to say twelve hundred dollars. I mean, we wouldn't expect it to be twelve hundred dollars. We'd expect it to be eight hundred bucks. I would right? not like, expect it to be. $1, you $1, you $1. usually have a pretty straight conversion yeah, when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. It's usually not more in the U.S. than it is. Huawei has a lot of trouble selling devices over here anyway. Yeah, retail uh, availability is difficult. Are they? I guess they're still selling direct on Amazon and stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. How about storage, guys? How about that Samsung M.2 Xenand? I hear about this, I don't know, every second month. For the past two years? Yeah. So now it's for real, right? Uh, well, no. Oh, they showed it off at a summit. That's it's cool. really yeah, thin. I mean, they, no. saw it, they saw it at a show. Uh, it was yeah. sitting on a table. Um, yeah, M.2 uh, 22110. So that's that longer M.2 slot. But this is not supposed to be something you install on your desktop board anyway. So, uh, So there's that. But... This is most likely first generation Xenand, which was like the kind. Basically, Xenand is like Samsung's sort of rushed answer by rushed over the past two years um, uh, to uh, Crosspoint, right? So yep. it's, it's not. What? It's not. It's not phase change. <laughs> it's it works like NAND. It's just they've done a lot of tricks in how they're making this particular NAND work to shave a whole bunch of time off of the latency. So um, you're saying that Samsung is turning a lot of tricks to shave something off of something <sighs> else. Gum sticks. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, it's like a landing strip, but not really. So the idea is you're getting latencies that are much faster than NAND, even Samsung's NAND, which is already kind of fast like their their nand runs and vnand runs like in 60 microsecond read latencies this stuff probably runs like i don't know well in the article it says 12 to 20 but yeah we've seen i've seen slides at flash memory summer where they were showing it running you know like on the order of 15 or 20 uh microseconds so you know you're going much faster than NAND. you're going closer to cross point speeds uh not all the way there but honestly if you can get most of the way there at a cheap price then 
you know, that's probably, probably good enough. Right. And will we ever see this, uh, in a consumer part? No period. Oh, <laughs> uh, even if it came in an enterprise part, we still would never see it because Samsung deals with very few vendors for un- their enterprise parts. Okay. And they're all like under NDAs and like, you never see, you know, samples or anything of enterprise parts. It, if of I Samsung. remember correctly, I have a couple of alerts set up on eBay and sites like that for Xenand products, just in case whatever pops up, yeah. we can order it and Fair. test it. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. But, uh, exactly. you can, you can kind of see where, um, like the sacrifices they had to make when you look at the specs so the the random reads is an amazing rate. It's like seven hundred fifty thousand IOPS, but the random writes is only one hundred and seventy thousand. Uh, compare that with crosspoint devices, which usually have the same random read and write IOPS numbers. They're usually very high for both. Right. Yeah. Uh, this clearly has doing some extra work during the writes in order to help it be really faster in the reads. Yeah. Um, Rob Peter to PayPal. You have to like, and actually, that's the inverse of what you would normally see from NAND, right? Because usually we see NAND SSDs respond to the writes very quickly, because then it happens in the background while the host can go on to something else. Yeah. Um, this is like you know the inverse of that, basically. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Um, right. Next up, speaking of NAND uh, and regular NAND SSDs, um, a data launched a XPG Gamex. Weird name. Uh, S11. Is that Gamex or Gamex? Gamex. Well, it's meant as a gaming SSD. Mixture. Like, they specifically talk about aimed at gamers and enthusiasts. So this, uh, I have, oh. Yeah. But, but there's two M's. I know. Gam. But when, ha- when, when has letters, when have letters really ever defined how you pronounce product names? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> never. I mean, but you know what? It's not. it's not. Don't get me wrong. It could be Gamex. It's the size of the silicon motion of the ocean or something like that. <clears throat> anyway, um, 240 gig, 40 gig, 960 gig capacities. Uh, it's using the silicon motion SM2262 controller, which is a by uh, you know, NVMe SSD controller. NVMe um, 1.3. NVMe 1.3. Have we seen a 1.3 drive yet? Uh, yeah, I think even the SPXs conform to 1.3. Like oh, there's, I thought that was new. The, it's 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 a new spec, but it's been out ah, since okay. it's been out for like six months or something. Um, so the specs look good. Obviously, you know the specs look on par with a nine sixty Evo. So honestly, that's kind of the expectation now. Like SSDs that are launching now should at least be matching the specs of the year and a half old SSD out of uh, out of Samsung, right? But it's got a RAID engine. I read it right here. That's, RAID engine and data shaping features. Uh, it's, it's not like mm-hmm. real RAID. RAID just, engine. Did you say data RAID. shaping or shaping? Whichever matter. I don't know. But it, yeah, it doesn't matter. That stuff, that stuff that relates to it's doing some form of like error correction that's above and beyond just a simple uh, die level error correction. It has some ability to kind of like use data that's on the other dies to try to do error correction doesn't mm. mean you can have a die of flash just fail and the drive <laughs> keeps going because you had like a raid five it's not it's not how that works um so i'm gonna let you finish <laughs> but but why are people putting 
Heat spreader heat sinks thing? on top of that when they say, hey, it's 10C cooler so, than the usual ones. So here's the thing. I'm actually okay with a heat spreader type thing like this uh, because you have you have a hot spot on an on a M.2 SSD, and that's usually the controller while the drive is active. And then you have the rest of the PCB that has all the flash on it, right? Um, if you have something good at spreading the heat over a larger area it's not they say 10 c cooler they're it's not like the whole average temperature of this whole part drops by 10 c just because it has a piece of aluminum on top of it (laughs) right it's not a heat sink with fins and stuff you know what i'm i'm a lot cooler when you drop a large piece of aluminum (laughs) on me what about aluminium especially like an hour or two after you do the dropping yes exactly yes So the the idea here is to take the heat from the controller and help spread it across the larger area of the part. So you're which, heating up the NAND. Which I totally am a fan of. I think that's the best way to go because NAND... Because you know what? You get better performance when you heat up the NAND. No, not performance. You get better <laughs> no, endurance the, out of it. Longevity, endurance. Yes, because if you were able like to... you're wearing something <laughs> over your NAND. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, performance yeah, yeah. and endurance, endurance the same thing, really. So it's funny they use it's funny they use the 10C thing because uh, 10C is actually the even number that you use in electronics. And when you're saying if you increase temperature of a part by 10C, then you're doubling the failure rate of that part. Uh, so now you don't really hear about SSD controllers just failing, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're not that's not the concern. They're not so close to some margin that that's going to happen. However, you're not really going to thermal throttle anything. And if you were able to increase the NAND temperature while it was active by 10C, then you are doubling the endurance. Huh. It works inverse in that case because NAND, it's easier to tunnel electrons. Josh, Josh. I'm not saying a damn thing. Oh, you got no joke. You got no joke for the <laughs> so hot electron me, injection. You know what? Alex right? told me, like, <clears throat> seriously, Mr. Walrath. <laughs> <laughs> uh really talk to you about uh toning down your tone uh, show me the uh page again with the specs on it poor favorite <laughs> so i can jesus change the channel or topic for that matter uh or both um 3200 megabytes per second sequential yeah. seven, uh, on read 1700 on writes 310 280 i mean is that relatively understood at this point for this controller yeah and the 310 280 thing is the whole megapixel race of iops they're rating that at the crazy high q depth that you never actually hit yeah sure but everybody else does it so everybody else is doing it too yeah, yeah. um but one million to one contrast ratio on more my important SSD. than what about yeah. that pricing how about that 960 for 309 uh you know it's like what 32 33 cents a gig is that what that yeah. works out to i mean that's, that's like that's a good price yeah it's right? essentially better than a 960 Evo. Uh, it is. Probably like 10 cents. Uh, more. Yeah. yeah. They're running like 47 cents a game. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Definitely. So, if it really, what it boils down to is, can the performance match the 960 Evo? If it's at least close, then you throw it, the price in, and it's like a it, no-brainer decision, right? Um, I, I May I speak up now? I don't know. Can yes. You? you will see in my pick of the week that um, things do not look nearly so so happy for... A data. Oh, okay. Why is his audio making that weird sound? His audio just went really weird. Yeah. Really? What did I do now? I don't know. Was I just enunciating not enough? Was there a train passing nearby? 
Yes. No, nah, it, it was it was compressor. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Are we getting one of these in to test and play around with? Uh, we have not heard yet. I'll make sure we get one of those in to test and play around with. Okay. All right. Shall we move on to our picks of the week? Picks of the week. Yeah. Do, I, do I still get to go first? We'll start with my pick of the week, which oh. is, uh, let's see <laughs> here, uh, 70% isopropyl alcohol. <laughs> still, still uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Twenty-three forty-five for one case of six forty-pound packages. Honestly, Ken, come on! That pick of the week deserved to be stolen from Ryan. Yeah, I tried Guys. to tell him to pick something more interesting. It but, really did. You know, Wait, what's more interesting? How have I logged into Amazon on this laptop? I don't know. That's, That's a good come question. On, rubbing and massaging. How can it be bad? Mm. Except for the stink. So. We use them around the I we use them around the office a lot, obviously. It's great clean for off, clean off heat sinks. Clean off processors and massaging. Great for rubbing. <laughs> Both rubbing and massaging. If you're out of bourbon, you just suck on one. Good to go. I do sometimes just open up the case Uh-oh. and smell them to make sure mm. they're still fresh. That's why it's all right evaporated out. Because the <laughs> the uh, we use them to, I use them to clean off keyboards, mice, uh, you know, s- screens that my kid has smudged up with 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 handprints with food things that on. require alcohol to clean them off. Uh, yeah, but then also we use them to clean off thermal paste on your. Uh, That's exclusively what I use them for, and they're wonderful. Yeah, they are good for that. Uh, and I think anybody who uh, is anybody should have some on hand. And they do not sponsor the podcast. I mean, you could. Also, I don't understand what the rubbing is for necessarily, but you know, I think Josh would be into this combo if Alex switches no, back. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, come it's on. A friendly stranger. Yeah. I don't think you want to use alcohol wipes for that, Josh. After. Uh, you know what? You're. It's rubbing alcohol. Free. It has lubricative properties. No. no. Ooh, it does. Well, you can get four gallon jugs of it. That's 99%. Can we move on to somebody else's pick now? I guess. That's some serious that alcohol. Mine. By the way, that was not Ken's. Mm. That was my pick. Alan. All right, so there's this thing called uh, Draftable, which was a program that's actually kind of pricey. Like you license it for over $100 a year if you want to do it. Use that for a standalone Alan's pick program. is a key gen. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, there is an online version of it. Uh, uh-huh. You just go to draftable.com slash compare, and you can drag in uh, Word, PowerPoint, or PDFs yeah. on both sides of the compare, and you can actually compare, say you had a... Uh, a Word document of yours, but you had a previous version that was already in a PDF. You're like, oh, crap, what changes did I happen across these two formats? It'll do it. That's cool. It'll compare both. I like that. Now, why um, is this free and the desktop software you have to pay for? Because for this, you have to send the documents across the internet to yeah. their server, whereas their standalone thing, if you got sensitive documents, you don't want to spread out. You want to do well, it all your own. I just share my sensitive documents across the internet, though. Well, you know, you know what? I keep my sensitive documents private. Uh, yeah, and um, thankfully, and I and the yeah. um, standalone one also does Excel. Oh God, comparing an Excel document. Mm. So you know that's kind of like cool. a power usery thing. But yeah, yeah I saw um, you know somebody online was comparing a couple of documents that came out from a company, and they just sent a link that was the already like comparing huh. link. To this cool. tool. We can share it. Yeah, and you could just share that resulting link with people and they can see what the differences were between those two PDFs or those two whatever, right? Mm. Um, you know, cool tool. Uh, I'm sure it'll be useful to somebody at some point. Nice. Noise. Somebody. 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 Somewhere. Somebody. Find me. Somebody. All right. Jeremy. Nope. Wrong way. All right. Well, it's 
Kind of Why is it always Jeremy, nowadays, Jeremy, 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 Jeremy? <laughs> I did find something, which is the HyperX Fury 8 gig kit DDR4 26666. But buy it in a single because the sale is actually only on the single 8 gig dims. If you buy the pairs, oh, it yeah. scales up significantly more. <laughs> oh, is this Canadian dollars? Yes, this okay. is Canadian. So you're saving like uh, 20 bucks there. Yeah, around there. Yeah, and technically the... those ones are on sale too because usually these are like 150 and the others are over 300. Oh. 2666, perfect for your coffee lake processors that support that frequency natively. And I think the first gen Ryzen got there. Yeah, Ryzen likes uh, high frequency yeah. RAM as well. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. All right, let's see Josh's mystery. Okay. Do you, do you want to see my mystery? Wait, all these minutes on mystery tour. I want to see your bare minimum. My mystery. Don't. But you know we were to... talking about uh, A data and their uh-huh. XPG latest thing uh-huh. and how fast it is and how inexpensive it is. You know what? Well, we don't really know that yet, but you can, <laughs> you can get a Samsung 960 Evo for one ninety nine ninety nine five hundred gig. It's Forty cents Low a gig. Price now, I mean it's you know it's it's still high price as compared to other SSDs, but it's, it's, really, it's a really good yeah. SSD. No, that's I, a good that's I, a good price. It's, on the it's Evo. finally back down to the price I bought my five hundred gig nine sixty Evo for last June. Yeah, yeah, it's nice that we finally got to this point. Again. I'm surprised it's that cheap there because like we were just looking like an hour ago. Or yeah, two, or two. Yeah. yeah, and Amazon had them all like forty-seven cents a gig. So, so this, list, this listing at forty cents a gig is a good sale, and they're fast and it's consistent. And if you just want something that works fast and consistently, yeah, nine sixty Evos are, are thing extremely yeah. proven and very good performers. Yeah, so cool. For the price. All right, Alex, what you got? Well, Alex I, has one. I do. I actually have Morgan. <laughs> I have three. I'm only showing two. I guess we'll, we'll, just, we'll just go through this real quick. So, no, he's talking about Dick Morgan. Yep, I am talking about Dick Morgan and my man crush, Takashi Kovacs. My hair looks a lot more red in this camera. It, <laughs> it does. It does that, so it? does that door. It's a very red door. Anyway, and actually, the door light looks the tiki lamps, and you'll get even redder. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, my wife and I have quite enjoyed the Netflix series Altered Carbon. Mm. Uh, we actually went through a second walk, uh, wash, watch through. through. Yep, I can't talk. Um, and on our vacation last weekend, I picked up the trilogy um, from Barnes and Noble, which is Altered Carbon, uh, Broken Angels, and Woken Furries. Woken Furies. <laughs> Woken Furries. <laughs> Woken Furries. It's every time. Book. Oh goodness. Woken <laughs> Furries. Woken Furries. Yes. They're all in Vancouver. <laughs> 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 Look, I don't want to brag or anything, but uh So so anyway, yes, the original books came out. These were not very popular when they came out, but they are an extremely good read. Um I pretty much ran right through all three of these back to back to back. Um highly recommended. Um and also Netflix series is really good too. So all right. Cool. Uh, my honestly my favorite scene is that uh involves his hotel. Like everything that deals with that hotel is just beautiful. The, the 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 hotel innkeeper is probably one of the best characters I've seen in a very long time. 
unfortunately, they had to change who that was in the yeah. in the TV series. It's Edward Edgar Allan Poe. In the mm-hmm. books, it's Hendrix. Yes, and that's why I've only ever watched the first episode of Altered Carbon on Netflix because when they got it that wrong, I just <laughs> stopped. Well, that. that well, I'd say it's probably easier to work with than the other. Yeah, I, I think that's licensing. I don't care about easy. It, it does good. <laughs> hey, follow through on it. It is totally worth it. That character owns that role so well. Okay. Who's who's Hendrix? I, I'm going to use gin. the mute button again. It's a gin. It's okay. He's not experienced. He's not experienced. This is where your old manness comes out, whereas some, most of the time my young manness comes out with your references. Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix with the guitar. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. It will. Yes. I got nothing We're done. Else we got nothing. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another episode. I'll probably be here again. For how well, long? I don't believe I was it. Here. <laughs> Let's be fair. I only missed one topic that you guys talked through. Only wasn't one even bullet, a full one. one Three bullet posts. Point on it. Well, hey, it was one bullet point on the rundown. That's all I cared about. Uh, Alex? com slash podcast. Uh, go there. Download the episodes, the show notes, the RSS, the videos, all the things that you need can all be found there. Uh, and that is going to do it for us, right? Yeah. Right. This chair reclines, guys. I don't know. I think I might find a new permanent spot. Are you are you going to be the side? He's just going to be the heckler. <laughs> I'm just going to heckle from now on. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks to Audible for supporting PC Perspective. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash PCPer or text PCPer to 500-500.